Most bankers aren't ready to help you until after their third cup of coffee. But with Central National Bank's after-hours service, you don't have to wait for the bank lobby to open to get help. You can contact us from 6 to 8.30 in the morning or from 5 to 10 in the evening, and we'll connect you to a real, live, local person who can answer questions and fix problems seven days a week. Bank different. Bank central. Central National Bank. Member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Uh, what's going on everybody this is justin from off the real podcast and we got a very special episode tonight i got my main man with me clint collins and we are going to talk about our favorite five blink 182 songs so with no further ado uh you want me to start or you want to go i want to hear yours first man all right all uh, if there any duplicates i gotta if there are any duplicates, I got to change on the fly, you know? <laughs> All right. This is something that started out like this. Uh, um, I went with What's My Age Again? Just because I feel like it's, a, it's an ultimate pop song. It's something if you had to show, I think if you wanted to describe Blink-182 and uh, five songs, that song has to be in there. Absolutely. Um, and from there, I go, uh, I take it to Please Take Me Home, up the uh, Take Off My Pants and Jacket album. Yeah, um, it, it has the, uh, the, the lyric, uh, Oh no, it happened again. She's cool. She's hot. She's my friend. You know, and that's just a classic line. Um, number three, I went with, I'm lost without you. Okay. And I, I, I was thinking we, I thought that if there was one that we had similar, it would have been that one. Um, yeah. it, it, because lyrically I felt like it was, uh, something you would give a little props to it has the you one um please let me know my bad day will end i will go down as your lover your friend give me your lips with one kiss we will begin I thought it was pretty good for a blink song um number two i went with always um always. and i'll take you back if you have me so here i am i'm trying here i am are you ready it kind of sums up like uh i think if that's like if blink 182 made a song for the 30s that's that would be uh the song they made for <laughs> and then uh, oh, man. for for number one i went with um okay let me break down the story we didn't have mtv and uh no. That wasn't allowed in Hillsboro. <laughs> You're right. The the Baptist had a lot to do with that, and uh, that's right. So, in the summers, I would go stay with my uncle. He would uh, he lived uh, usually in Arlington or North Richland Hills, Colleyville, and I'd go to hang out at Six Flags and just be like a, you know, a North Texas suburban kid for the summer. And I remember the first day I got up there, I uh, don't remember what exactly the year it was, but I turned on the TV to MTV, and um, damn it, comes on. Oh, and man. uh and once i heard maybe i'll see you at a movie and i said wow this has every 
aspect of music that I like. And uh, by the end of the video, I was a fan. And I didn't hear about it again until um, Enema of the State came out. They kind of went away. Um, I don't remember the second single. I think it was Josie. But I don't. Yes. I, we, we didn't hear it, I don't think, on uh, local radio 102.1 or. No, we wouldn't have gotten anything. No, it wasn't until End of Mother State, but that's when they became big. And I would tell everybody, like, oh, yeah, I remember this band from a couple summers ago. And uh, so, yeah, I got Damon as my number one. And what do you think of that list? Man, you know what? I really like it. Um, I, I, I like that you had Damon on there because I remember the first time I heard that, too. And, um, man, after that came out, dude, wasn't that on, like, several movie soundtracks? I feel like it was on, like, Can't Hardly Wait or something like that. Yeah, I mean, that, you're right. That was just everywhere. And, um, you know, they really broke onto the scene and kind of gave us a taste of what was coming. And what yeah. I love about Blink-182 is how there is so much surf rock in their punk. Like, it's like the Beach Boys had a child with the Ramones or something. And, like, I, you know, I just adore that about them. My list is crazy different. So, guys, JLD over here gave me about a 42-minute window. And fortunately, I've been listening to a lot of Blink lately. So I was able to put a little list together. Um, but you know, I'm, I'm going to have to bounce back and forth here. Um, All right. So let's see. We're going to start with... I'm excited for um, all right, starting with number five. Five is MH 4.18-2011. That is off the Neighborhoods album, which uh, is my least favorite Blink album by a long shot. Um, I don't like it because the self-titled album was such a step forward from, you know, um, In Another State to Take Off Your Pants and Jacket and you get the self-titled album and you're like, whoa, what is this? This is so new, it's so fresh. Um, but this song right here really takes me back to classic Blink, and that's because Travis Barker is the main selling point. He does so many fills in between, like, every single measure that it's ridiculous. Like, in every line of the song, there's a fill in between them. So, and, you know, as the band progresses, they got older, Travis quit being so busy on the drums. Um, now, something you're going to hear about, hear me talk about a lot in this is how good they are as a band about writing songs that progress and have movement and momentum um mm. this killer part in this song is at the very end of it like so in the chorus and blink is one of the best chorus writing bands of all time but in the chorus in between each stanza travis goes quickly to a half like a happy like drop the beat for a second like halftime i guess now it all pays up to because you're waiting for it that classic blank where travis goes to the offbeat you know you start bobbing your head and at the very last chorus coming out of the bridge you finally get it and it's that payoff that just really makes you want to listen to the song again which is in my opinion what makes a great song like a great song comes from at the end of it do you want to start it over again and i guarantee you if it doesn't do that you're probably not getting on the radio um okay moving on to number four i'm gonna go off of take off your pants and jacket anthem part two um, hey, I, I I can't see you right now. If I didn't know if you knew that or not. Yeah, it's coming back and forth. I'm looking back. Okay, forward. okay, I'm good. My notes. All right, all right, you got your notes. All right. Good deal, good deal. Anthem part two 
um, off Take Off Your Pants and Jacket, the, the lead song, the, the lead track. I remember getting out of class on a Tuesday morning. I believe it was a health class at Baylor. Um, and I swung over to Best Buy um, and like was there at like 10 o'clock. Like I left class early. And they opened the doors and I like rushed in and bought this album. I ran out and threw it in the car. And this is the very first song I heard. And I thought to myself, oh my God, Blink Rocks. Like, you know, we're just coming off the end of the state. And we had like a two year window in between those two albums. You know, I think maybe, yeah, two years. And I mean, it just pops out. It's busy drumming. You know, it's the only song on this list um, that uh, Tom DeLonge is the main singer on also that I've got. Um, but man, it just popped. I loved it. It was fun. It was fresh. And it led you into what, in my opinion, is the second best Blink album. Um, my third track is going to be off the self-titled, and it's all of this, with Robert Smith joining in on the vocals. You finally get to wow. hear Mark Hoppus's Love for the Cure. Um, and what is so fantastic about this song, if you haven't heard in a while, go back, to listen, go back and listen to it, because it manages to pull off being both a Cure song and a Blink song equally, and still mm -hmm. sounding good together. Um, going back to momentum and how good Blink-182 is at that, in the first chorus, it's just Tom singing. In the second chorus, Mark comes in with a secondary harmony. And by the time you get to the end of it, there's all these organs and flutes, and it sounds like the cure just exploded in your ears. Yeah. I love that song. All right, now we're coming into my top two. <clears throat> and I am not sure that these would be anybody else's top two. Um, off the California album, No More Time to Long, off the California album, the song Sober. It is one of the best written pop songs I've ever heard comes in strong with this like rattly snare and like this drum, the kick and the you know hi-hat it's just a simple beat like this like grinding you with Mark singing like talking about how you know he messed up with his girl because you know obviously he was wasted and, you know let me talk to you again when I get sober and it swings right into that full you know na 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 sound that Blink you know patented so well yeah um and the song itself just keeps going, dude. And every time it hits the chorus, you just want to sing along. And that's my second favorite Blink song. Can't even tell you how many times I've heard that. But number one actually comes off their most recent album. Um, Interesting. So their most recent album, I listened to it the day it came out, and I thought, this is crap. I threw it away and or, you know, switched and then came back to it about six months later because I was running out of things to listen to. And... So I'm sitting on the patio and I was uh, I was drawing and this song came on and like I was actually drawing like a silhouette of a woman. And um, you know, the song's called I Really Wish I Hated You. And it is so like the first time through, you're gonna hear like these really crunchy guitars in the chorus and like real synth sounds. It's like a direct sequel to Blink 182's self-titled album. And through it, you're gonna hear like these new, unique, powerful sounds that like electronica. It's like they're finally getting to where Mark Hoppus probably always wanted to take them. Mm. But the killer part is at the end of the song, um, Mark Skiba sings like two or three lines. He like reprises the chorus by himself as the music fades out. And the way he sings it is so painful that the first time I heard it, it made the entire rest of the song make sense. Like a great movie, when the ending just nails it, and you watch it again, like mm -hmm. Inception, and you go back and you listen for all that other stuff. And there's my top five. 
man, that I knew that you were going to have a uh, an orthodox list. I knew it wasn't going to be filled with "Stay Together for the Kids" and <laughs> Adam's song. But although those are those are good good records, it's a great song. So um, yeah. Here, let's take a little. Uh, let's stay close to Blink, but take a little right turn. Tell me, what did you think of the uh, Boxcar Racer album? You know, I liked how aggressive it was at the time. Um, I actually recently went back and listened to it. Um, I, I mean, you know me, well. JLD. Like, when I get into a band again, I will exhaust them and all their side projects. And so I went through it, and, you know, I liked it more now than I did when it came out. I don't know if I was mature enough for it yet. And it really shows mm. how the real punk aspect of that band came from Tom. And I know that that caused a giant rift to the band also that probably right. led to them breaking up eventually. Um, but Boxcar Racer, um, good Lord. I think there are maybe two tracks I skip on it. Like it's just a really solid album. I wouldn't call it fun, but it is solid. Um, who I'm going to suggest you listen to is uh, Mark Hoppus's new project called Simple Creatures. Um, okay. They, okay, so imagine if all of the electronica sound from Blink was able to go somewhere and grow up and become its own thing. That is exactly mm -hmm. what Simple Creatures is. Um, they've so got, uh, hold on, let me tell you exactly what it is. Um, recently, I'm talking about like just discover these, bro. Like, um, so mm, the song you have got to hear, and I'm telling you, the second you hear the song called One Little Lie, mm. you may not stop singing it for the next week. Like, nice. go listen to One Little Lie. It is a perfect pop song. Okay. Okay. Well, I'm excited. But before we leave, I got a very interesting message from you the other day, and, um, it was it was about a song from a band that I had know nothing about, and um, it said this. It said, "Yo, I found a couple One Direction songs that are just pop masterpieces. Whoever wrote that for them pulled from so many influences that weren't straight pop." And the name of the song is One Direction Kiss You. Go ahead, man. Yes. Tell me about. Man, I'm that. gonna tell you. I, I scout pop music, man. Like. Um, trying to feed stuff for the seven-year-old to listen to that's in, you know, positive and, you know, not about stuff that I would find offensive and um, also not complete crap, right? Um, because she's picking enough of that on her own. So um, this song, Kiss You, it starts out and it's got this, like, synth sound. It's got a phaser on it. And, I mean, it's just, like, coming through and it, like, bleeds in and out of your ears. And then these really poppy, punchy, syncopatic vocals come in and I mean it's like but it's like just one person singing and by the first harmony it's like this little pre-chorus where it says with you and these two little harmonies pop in and it starts to like brighten your ears and it goes right into the chorus with a little drum fill real simple like you know snare hit and it gets into this chorus dude and the chorus sounds so much like Bon Jovi it blew me away like if you don't know to listen for it, you might not hear it, but it is a stadium rock sound. And the best thing about, like I said, whoever wrote this song, because I'm not crediting One Direction for this, but like in the first stanza of the chorus, you've got a first, fifth, and seventh vocal harmony, but the bass and the synth are filling in your 11th and your third to kind of like punch it up a little. 
But the second time through, if you listen really closely, you can hear the 11th come in falsetto, and you can hear the instruments kind of drop out and all five voices come through. And it's just great momentum. And the bridge of the song is out of nowhere. But if you listen to it, it sounds a whole lot like something the B-52s was written. So you've got the mm. B-52s and Bon Jovi in this one song, man. It is. And they've got another song that I would suggest to you called Olivia. It sounds like it could be the twin sister of Penny Lane by the Beatles. Um, they've got um, another, they've got a couple other songs. I'll have to look them up and send them to you. But they pull from like Foreigner and Fleetwood Mac and I, it's just great. And I mean, the kids could sing. So, you know, props. Yeah, no, that's completely foreign to me, but I'm glad you gave that breakdown. I will have to check out those songs. And before we leave, let's wrap it up with um, tell me it can be a new new musician or old musician, but let's talk about a Texas artist. Tell okay. me something and you who go. you listen to. Um, all right, I want to go with right now the one that is sticking out. Actually, a random fact. I found out recently that Tevin Campbell, who had the uh, hit song Can We Talk, he's from Corsicana, Texas. Um, no way, bro. Yeah, man, and that's what everyone tells me. And and yeah, I uh, I did some digging. I'm trying to work out an interview with uh, one of his first producers from that area. And yeah, man, that's that's the Texas fact of the day. Go ahead, man. No way, that's fantastic. You know, I am going to honor God rest his soul, Vinnie Paul, because Vinnie Paul took the double kick that was roughly used in hair metal and turned it into its whole new animal that nobody could let go of. And it's kind of hilarious to consider him one of the greatest drummers of all time because of how infrequently he uses his toms. But, I mean, he lives on the ride. I mean, he just lives on it. But right. that man really helped create a sound that Pantera had, which I would consider groove metal. Um, it's not, you know, your standard heavy metal. It's not like acid rock. And it's hilarious, really, if you go back and you listen to Vulgar Display of Power or Cowboys from Hell, Ooh. you can still hear that they were yeah. a hair band before Cowboys from Hell. I mean, a lot of people don't know yeah, that. Yeah, absolutely. They had four albums before Cowboys from Hell, which everybody assumes is their first. And all of them sound like sticks. I mean, it's like crazy. They all had long hair and they wore makeup and sequins. And so you can really still hear that. It's like Cemetery Gates when Phil's crooning at the end of it. I mean, it sounds like, you know, but um, beautiful, I'm going to go with Vinnie Paul. And when he, you know, when he died, um, I really went back through the Pantera catalog for the first time since, like, God, you and I were in high school, you know, hitting up Strons. Um, and it really, really hit with me. Um, it made me, like, you know, really want to go grab, like, a box of lemon heads and one of those sour straws the red ones the flat tape though not not the other one so um here's something uh here's something funny about pantera i uh was watching the trilogy of mighty ducks and i believe in part three he's talking to the girl and he's asking her does she like pizza and she said yeah she said he says do you like music she said yeah and he said what about pantera and she says i love pantera and these are kids at a private school, a boarding prep school. And I thought that might be one of the coolest things I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> That's a cool little Easter egg, man. Um, you know, it's funny is I actually, um, there's something that I, I gotta say, I, I've always made this joke, like when I was writing for Baylor, like I did this like 
top five midseason acquisitions like in sports history. And like, you know, I had some real ones in there, but number one, I had Adam Banks because he really took them to a whole new level, bro. <laughs> <laughs> he was joining that without tipping. I'm telling you. <laughs> oh, my God, it's amazing. That might be one. I've heard a lot of good takes from you, man, but that might be one of the better ones. I think if uh, I think if Bill Simmons heard that, he might jump on it. Oh, man. Oh, man. Um, yeah, I tell you what, man. Oh, I, uh, here's, here's actually – here's a nugget from, I believe, in Mighty Ducks 1. Did you know that Jesse Smollett plays one of the uh, the black – one of the brothers? He plays the younger Shut brother. Up, are you serious? Oh my I God, you're right. It. He does. No, you're right. Like I can see it in my head now. That is crazy. You're yeah. right. Um, there's somebody else. That's it's so funny you say that. There was somebody else I saw that like was not famous. Like got pretty famous afterwards. Um, well, first of all, Jet Rodriguez is in there. Let's not forget that. Um, you know, he plays the speed skater guy who can't control himself. Um, the, the cowboy from Texas is actually from Sanger. He lives there now with his wife. Hi. Um, <laughs> the cast of Mighty Ducks is married. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Dude, I was thinking about it the other day. Like, this this will make you feel old, Justin. So I was thinking about, like, the difference in when things come out to when we're born, right? And, like, um, with my little one over here, um, the distance from when she was born to when the Chappelle show aired is the same distance for you and me as to when we were born to when Willy Wonka came out, bro. Oh, wow. That's how old she will think Chappelle show is in the long run. Um, and like, uh, I actually got that idea from my brother because <laughs> Rance called me on my birthday um, this last year and he goes, hey, I just wanted to let you know that uh, more time has passed in this century than passed from the Beatles' last album to your birth. I was like, oh, man. <laughs> oh, wow. That's interesting. So, yeah, man. But, uh, I mean, shoot, dude. I wish uh, wish for back in the driveway hooping. Uh, for you guys um, who don't know this, uh, Justin over here, I'm probably always going to call him JLD, but Justin over here was a ferocious pickup basketball player. Ferocious, I tell you. He, uh, we got out there and we had this little, little neighborhood gang that played. And, and sometimes the kid across from Sycamore would come over and play with us too. And like, man, we really got our, you know, butts running to the ground when that would happen. But um, we had a great time back then, man. Great time. The Jordan documentary that I just uh, finished watching, that docuseries, really made me think of those days because, you know, Keith had that striped Jordan jersey that he literally never took off his body for like, I don't know, like two years maybe. That's so <laughs> I thought it was a tattoo for a while. I'm going to have to let him know that we talked about it for sure. That's awesome. Yeah, oh, I remember the Tell first. What's up. And I think um, I remember going over to your house on your birthday, right? When you got the J's, the fives or sixes? Yes, the great five. Yeah, the great fives for sure. And I just stared yeah. at him. <laughs> mm-hmm. That was uh that was actually my first pair of J's. I'll I'll never forget that. Um, That's awesome. The first person I remember in school having them was obviously Andy Sully's, who had like every pair ever. Um, mm. but yeah, man, I I got that, and that kind of thing. Like uh, 
you know, they're expensive back then. And mom was a teacher and, you know, dad's career hadn't done anything at that point. So like my birthday and Christmas present combined was always one pair of Jordans. And I mean, I was fine with it. I didn't need anything else. Leave everything back out there. man. That's a win. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, man. Well, Clint, we're definitely going to do this again. We're going to lock it in and uh, make this happen again. Had a great time talking to you. Uh, I'll come up with a, yeah, some crazy list we can make up next time. And um, anything you want to tell the people before we held out? Um, man, keep listening to him. Uh, the Optical Podcast is fantastic. If you all haven't heard the Bonnie and Clyde one, it's one of the more informative pieces I've ever gotten about the place that we grew up. It's literally, in my opinion, up until then, had only been known for a courthouse fire and a Wolfberger at Williams. So, like, I was really proud of you. <laughs> um, and also, if y'all haven't heard it, go onto YouTube and look up JLD Battlefield. Um, it is honestly this day, and I'm just saying it because he's here. It is one of my favorite rap songs of all time. So, you will always have that with me, man. Well, you don't know how much that means. And uh, on that note, we'll end it with, I uh, hope everybody has a good night. Let's stay positive and just chill to the next episode. All right, man. Peace. <clears throat> Later, brother. Later, dude. <clears throat> Later, bro.